Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hendrickson and Grant Francis. I'm Brandon Kylie. We do have a bit of an announcement for all of you guys out there that are potentially picking up tickets here at Hubbard Radio, whether it's for 101 ESPN or any of the music stations that we have. The front desk is officially closed now due to the inclement weather. Uh, it will open back up on Tuesday. I know it's a bit of an inconvenience. We truly apologize, but given what the weather situation is, our front desk has closed. So if you have any tickets, Hopefully they aren't going on over the weekend. Uh, you will be able to pick those up again starting on Tuesday at the beginning of business hours. That's the announcement coming up in 10 minutes. We'll get into some NFL quick hitters. But right now we're going out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. The Blues are back in action tomorrow night in Vegas. Mike McKenna previously was an analyst for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now he's an analyst over at the Daily Faceoff and a former NHL goalie in his own right. He joins us here via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Mike, we appreciate the time as always, man. Hope you're enjoying the holiday season. How you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good. Just watching all that snow flying around. I can't believe you guys are in the office right now. That's uh, that's gonna be a fun trip home, eh? It definitely feels like hockey weather, doesn't it? I, I do feel like I'm in Canada at the moment. Uh, hopefully, it goes well for me on the way home. We will take it uh, low and slow and figure out our way on these roads. Uh, Mike, I wanted to get your thoughts on this Blues team because. I mean, the last time we talked, it was as topsy-turvy as it is right now. It feels like they, the only way they know how to play is they're up really high for a little bit, and then they're down really low. It's There is no in-between for them. What do you make of this team? Because you have a better grasp on the rest of the league than we do maybe locally. What do you make of the Blues relative to the Western Conference right now? Well, right now, I mean, you're trying to find teams that have that same type of consistency. And even some of the front runners, like the Vegas Golden Knights, who the Blues are going to face tomorrow night, you know, they've had ebbs and flows as well. You know, you're really looking more towards the east with teams like Carolina and Boston that they just bring it every single night. And what concerns me about the Blues, though, is that they have, they've not been Jekyll and Hyde to me. They've been a roller coaster. They've been, they've been up. They've been down. It's been so streaky. And it really feels like the club's just trying to still forge an identity, which is crazy because it's been mostly the same core group of players. Um, but I think for me, I, you know, I just, I'm coming out and trying to think of different Christmas gifts for all NHL teams. And the Christmas gift I can think of for the St. Louis Blues is a jail, get out of jail free card because they're going to hit another patch where things go sideways this year, where they can't win games. And they've got to minimize that to be a two or three game skid rather than an eight game skid. And I think that comes from structure, and it comes from compete level. Compete level's been better for me. Um, but there's signs, though, right? Penalty kills way improved. Like, that's one little thing you can look to that I think is a little bit of hope that the Blues should be better going down the stretch run here in the NHL this season. 
with that being said, Mike, when we look at that Western Conference, I, I think it feels more open than it did last year, where last year it always felt like to me that Colorado was clearly the best team and they end up going to win the Stanley Cup. If the Blues are still close by the time we get closer to the trade deadline, do you think that pushes Army to hold on to his pieces and say, you know what, this is open in the Western Conference, let's make a run at this? Or do you think he says, we've got two two good of assets in Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, that he still looks to move on from them potentially? That's a great question because it's like you say, like the Western Conference especially is pretty wide open this year. Um, last year it was cut and cut and dry. I mean, you were going to get Colorado, you're going to get Minnesota, you're going to get St. Louis come out of the Central. That's pretty much what the expectation was. It's what ended up happening. You know, this year, who's to say? You know, Dallas is in the mix. Winnipeg's in the mix. Colorado's barely in a spot right now. So you, you're looking at this grouping of teams: St. Louis, Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota, Colorado. There's going to be an odd man out there at least one. And right now we haven't seen the consistency from St. Louis to be included among that same group, especially considering how well Minnesota and Winnipeg have played lately. Um, Dallas has been pretty consistent this year. We expect Colorado when they get healthy. Once again, they're missing Nathan McKinnon, uh, Gabriel Landis got big time players. They're going to be there. So is this going to be a year that's similar for the blues to win? They dealt Paul Stastny to the Winnipeg jets, even knowing that they had a good chance at playoffs. I'm not sure of that. I do think you have to look at Tarasenko, though, and think, well, he hasn't done what's expected on the power play, which is bread and butter. You know, where's his game? Can you get much for him at the deadline? I could see him being moved, even if the Blues are right on the cusp of making playoffs. Ryan O'Reilly, though, I'd be very surprised. Why is that? Well, I just feel at this point, if you're going to have a team that's going to make a push at playoffs, you have to have the leadership aspect. And you can't ship your captain off right before at a trade deadline when you're still going for it. You just can't. You can't dish out the heart of your club and objectively look around the locker room and say, we've still got a chance. So that's that's a hard part. That's what GM what Doug Armstrong is going to have to navigate. Um, and I think really by the time we get closer to the deadline, it's going to play itself out because if St. Louis is four or five points out of the mix, you know, I think Army's going to have to look at and just say, man, I, I'm not sure how we can overcome this. We need to get what we can. Mike, do you think there's a scenario in which they can do a little bit of both, like sell off, say, like you mentioned, a Vladimir Tarasenko, and then also be kind of a buyer at the deadline? Or do you think you have to go one direction or the other? You can't do both. Oh, I think it's possible to do both. It just depends what your asset uh, might be that you're getting a return. And, you know, someone like Tarasenko, who's an instant jolt to energy for the offense of a club elsewhere, you would expect at least. Um, you might be able to get a young player out of that uh, in that type of deal. But typically trade deadline deals, it's, it's really tough to get younger prospects out of that. You know, when you're, when you're basically dealing with rentals, um, there's going to be an awful lot of, of picks being traded back and forth, longer-term players. It's not often that you're going to get a roster player. And for me, if I'm the Blues, I want a roster player back that's going to make a difference, and especially on the right side right now. So well, who are you going to be able to uncover to take that role uh, in a trade for a team that's trying to upgrade that position? I'll be short-term. It's just a really, really hard puzzle to try to put together. Uh, I think it's possible, but I think you're more likely to be receiving futures than you would be to receiving um, players that you would slot directly into your lineup. Mike McKenna is our guest here on 101 ESP, and you can find his work over at the Daily Faceoff. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike McKenna 56. Uh, Mike, one of the things that I did want to ask you about is the resurgence of Jordan Cairo. Now, he was not able to play in the Seattle game. We don't know what the expectation is for his availability against Vegas, but he's been one of the top point producers in the NHL over the course of the last six weeks. I think it's since November 10th. He's third in the NHL in points. 
what have you seen from him that has been different compared to the player that we saw the first you know month of the season or so? Well, I haven't seen him straight legging it all over the ice. I don't have any other way to say it. You know, he's moving his feet. He's playing harder on pucks. And I think, um, to me, a real microcosm of that is what Cairo did against the Edmonton Oilers just recently. And he goes and wins a battle against Connor McDavid behind the net to strip the puck, get it out front, and team moves on to a 4-3 victory and a shootout there. And if Cairo hadn't played so hard on that puck and gotten into the offensive zone with a bunch of jam, it doesn't happen. And I think realistically when, you know, you come into a season and you've just signed a big deal and it doesn't feel good right off the bat and your energy level is not quite there for whatever reason, it's not a good excuse, okay? It's unacceptable completely. Uh, I think you're looking for little victories along the way. You know, and I just, it's amazing, guys, even during my career, I'd have these moments where it's like, man, I just, I did something I wasn't sure I could do. That play on McDavid's one of those where you start to see more of that, right? Can, can Kairou start to continue to keep that game after game? There's been more of it for me. And, and on top of that, it's just the fact that this guy's putting pucks on net, man. If you want to look towards why Kairou's going to be successful, when he starts getting up into five, six, seven shot range, night in and night out, you know it's coming because it's not just on the rush. He's also generating in zone. He's generating on the power play. And you have to have those layers to your game if you want to be a premier player in the league. Mike, what have you made of Jordan Bennington so far this season? Because at this time last year we were talking to you about his struggles, and this year in his last five he's 3-1-1. One, one. But when you look at his numbers overall in the year, his save percentage is below 900. What have you thought of him so far this year? I've been pretty happy with Bennington for the most part. I mean, I, when I watch these games, I don't think he has given games away. And thats I know that's a low bar, it seems like, right? You're not losing games because of a goalie. But, I mean, look at the Seattle Kraken. They haven't gotten good goaltending, and they're sitting third in the Pacific right now, okay? Imagine if they'd had good goaltending. So I, I think Bennington has really performed slightly above uh, what the team has in front of him, even though, like you say, those traditional numbers may not show it. And even the advanced ones aren't great either. Um, but I think the team, as they've started to clean up a little bit in front, I think the, like to me, I think the forwards have done a lot better collapsing and helping out the D in the defensive zone and not allowing these passes to go right through the middle of the ice and backdoor tappings left and right for Bennington to try to contend with. Um, that's helped him. So, you know, I think when Bennington just is able to focus, right, you know, all the antics are in the past. I think Chief pretty much squashed that by just telling him, hey, come on, don't do that anymore. That was it. Simple conversation. Um, he's been good. And, and more than anything, guys, I just love how he handles the puck, man. I think that his, his ability to get that puck to D and start the breakout is a really big asset for the Blues. Uh, it's better than what Grice can do, and obviously he's a number two. But that really helps Bennington get this team going, especially when you've got players like Thomas and Kyrie that can skate so well. We'll get you out of here on this. Mike, we talked about the Blues road trip right now, first in Western Canada and now to the Pacific Division with Seattle and Vegas as being super important for Doug Armstrong to be able to figure out a little bit, learn about this team. They have started this road trip 3-1, and one, and now they finish it in Vegas. What do you think we can learn about the Blues as they go into Vegas to play them tomorrow night? Well, we're probably going to learn what it's like to see a team that was in Vegas two nights in advance of a game on a Wednesday. Um, I don't have any insider knowledge. I wonder if they did rookie party there. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about kind of, that. I don't know whether they had or not, guys, but if I'm looking at the schedule, I'm looking at Wednesday night in Vegas on the 21st. It's probably the perfect chance. Again, that's that, I have no clue, so please don't take that to the bank at all. But um, I, I think real realistically, again, you're looking at a club in Vegas that they play really hard structurally. And 
if the Blues can break through the structure that Bruce Cassidy's put in place for that team in Vegas, I think it says a lot about your offensive side. Um, but you're also going to have to stay out of the box against Vegas because their their power play has been really good recently. And even if Vegas or even if St. Louis's PK is much improved, which I think it has been lately, um, that's still kind of a litmus test. So, you know, I think for Armstrong, he's probably looking this, at this objectively, thinking, "Man, we went into Alberta, took two straight games, back to back situations on the road. You know, we went to Van, we took care of business. We didn't have our legs in the second half of the back to back against Seattle. Okay, we'll throw that one out the window." If they go into Vegas and beat a really good structural team that is a little bit banged up now injury-wise in Vegas, that's a pretty big win. 4-1 and one on that road trip against good teams, other teams that you're going to be battling out in the Western Conference, I'd be pretty happy with that if I'm Doug Armstrong. I will say uh, Robert Thomas was on the morning show today. They called him at 9.30 Central Time, 8.30 Vegas Time. Uh, he did seem a little tired, so it, I, I'm not mm. confirming or denying what you have said, <laughs> but it just, you know, if you're reading the tea leaves here, it, it feels at least possible. Mike, we appreciate the time as always, man. Enjoy yourself during this holiday season, and we'll talk with you again very soon. Sounds good, yeah. Be safe, everybody out there. I'm looking at these roads. Just uh, take care of one another. Man, it's no fun driving around St. Louis like this. So I appreciate you guys having me.